I, I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> the review and we're back here a snowy snowy weekend as the temperatures are starting to change we're in the matching football unfortunately those rockets ended up losing to them niu huskies Ooh, it's just they're not a rival to me but it still kind of just hurts when you lose to them with some joy for two years and then they dropped one on uh Wednesday night, so I didn't even, you know, I didn't even watch the game. You know, I was so disgusted with them. But anyway, guess what? We got back, back again. We got good old David, the man of God. Harris. let's welcome on to him in here. What's up, David? How's it going, man? Not much. I'm back. Like I was losing the NIU apparently. So yeah, you. Come. I don't know if that's a good sign or bad sign. Yeah, yeah that's right. You come back and we get that. So maybe we need to cut off the applause for you. What you been up to, though, David? Yeah, just living life, watching sports. Basically, you know, it's football season, actions, like you said, up and on. Rockets basketball starting up. So, I mean, it's fall. Yeah. And it's abound. And it's snowing. <laughs> yeah, the snow, winter weather, I know a lot of people aren't looking forward to it. I'm, like, ready to embrace the snow. Winter is coming. Well, right, yeah, but, you know, you just still, you know, it's just a reality check. I actually kind of let you know that the end of the year is actually coming, which is probably one of the best times of the year for sports because almost all four sports are going on. I know MLS soccer has its playoff, though. Some people really don't care. So, really, you get an action-packed feast of sports, even, you know, college basketball starting up. So, we watched a few college basketball games. I don't know if they still do the 24-hour feast or not. Um, but, like I said, uh, any any – thoughts before we get into winners and losers obviously it looks like Toledo's going to be a loser for losing to NIU on, on that game yeah just real quick kind of talking about like special teams has always been our Achilles heel turnover turnover turnovers but I think and Brian Mo mentioned it probably mentioned it in his article but that punt when it was 10-9 heading into halftime that was a huge momentum changer game changer and I think once kind of that block punt touchdown for NIU happened Rockets kind of deflated, lost a little bit of confidence in the in the second half. And IU pulled away, ironically running the football, which Rockets said, you know, we've been relatively decent in the ball, kind of run stoppage, but I think NIU just kind of a thorn in the side once again. And we knew that going into this game, it was if we beat NIU, we can have a little bit of glimmer of hope to get back to Detroit to defend our MAC title. After losing to you, it's like, well, let's hope for a good bowl game. Yeah, you, you better hope for a good bowl game. I believe right now they're five and four, right? So they're not even bowl eligible yet. Yeah, so we have to. It's going to be critical these last two games. I mean, we have to win these to basically lock up 
lock a bowl eligibility, not, you know, with how Western's playing, with how NIU's playing, with how Buffalo's playing, with how Eastern Michigan's playing, we not be, we may not even be guaranteed a bowl game if we went out. So going from Mac champs to not making a bowl the next season, that's, whew, that's wild. Yeah, that, that that is wild, and it would be crazy not even get to a bowl game. I don't know the last time. I believe the last time the Rockets haven't been to a bowl game, I think, was the first year of of, of Tim Beckman when the team went five and seven. And back then, five and seven was great considering what the Rockets have been through before that. So, uh, yeah, the, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, I mean, obviously, you did lose a lot in the last few seasons. Kareem Hunt uh, two seasons ago, then Logan Woodside losing actually. NFL quality talent, um, and then they were a little bit young, and I think it did. The team looked a little immature, still getting penalties, costly penalties. It was usually, the most penalized team, I believe, almost in the nation. So uh, we'll have to see what Coach uh, Candle does next season. Maybe get a rebound or something like that. But the the the, the quarterback position is one that has been up in the air. Some people don't really like Eli Peters and Gudani has been pretty much injury prone. So, and as I told people earlier in the year and throughout the show, it's, it's not been really surprising because of the, of his, of his frame. He's got a really frail frame. You're trying to be a dual threat, but it's like, how many hits can you really take with that? So, you know, that, that's something of concern. And really, to be honest with you too, this season, the running game has kind of been a little bit disappointing too. I mean, considering that some of the running backs that we've seen that have come through Toledo a lot, probably the past, eight years. Yeah, and I, and I think offensively it's definitely troubling, especially thinking about kind of the mindset that the Rockets have had the past couple of years with kind of high-powered offense. And we saw it earlier this year to some extent in the non-conference schedule. But yeah, just it gets back to that quarterback position. Do you bring in uh, three games to go, possibly if we make it a bowl game, at least two for sure? Do you throw out the redshirt freshman? And kind of knowing that Eli Peters had struggled, like, yes, he's a young quarterback. Yes, you kind of want your young quarterbacks to work through it. But at some point, you just have to be like, all right, we've seen enough game tape. We've put you in the big game. Like, eh, maybe you're just not just ready yet. And so seeing, you know, seeing what the freshman can do, knowing what the new redshirt rules that you can play in these last two games and still keep his redshirt. Right. All right. Well, now you know what time it is. We just want to talk a little bit of Rockets football here as uh, the season's winding down. But we're also always getting into this segment. And this is for uh, David's winners or losers. Go ahead, David. All right. Special edition of winners or losers. Winners, losers this week. We're going to combine the last three weeks since I've been off the air. And we're going to start with the winners. Wait, 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 wait. It's not a long sequilogy. Quilky is it here, David? We only get we're trying to get at least a twenty to twenty-five minute segment. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So we're gonna start with the losers because I just have a lot to say about college football. One first loser, Penn State. Like I understand kind of the momentum and the deflatedness of losing to Ohio State the way that you did. But to fall flat on your face against Michigan in the game where 
you were basically a I don't want to say it was an automatic pick'em or Michigan was like a heavy, heavy favorite, but people thought that Penn State were going to go into Michigan and be competitive. At, at least put up a fight. And the way that they just laid down fight on their face and basically allowed Michigan to bully them around, like, I don't want to say James Franklin's job is in trouble, but given kind of his comments earlier this year and kind of the way that, like, I didn't realize that losing Saquon Barkley would be that big of an impact, especially with some of the running backs that we've seen kind of so far and how they started out earlier this year. It just seems like things have just turned for the worse for Penn State. And I'm really wondering, okay, where do we go from here? Where does Penn State go, not just in terms of its rankings, knowing that McSorley is almost done, like, what's next for Penn State? Is it going to be kind of this is their blip high point and then they just kind of fall off and go back to 9-3, you 8-4? Know, like, did we see the peak of Penn State on the national stage? Another loser that I have is Texas. And we, we knew this was going to happen, like, deep down, because we're all, like, Texas top 10 ranked team. What what is this? Does Vince Young walk into the door? Like who do they have? And then it was like, yeah, Texas is not for real. Like with certain teams, you know that okay, they are legit. They are you know when you see them on paper, they're like, okay, this team is good. Texas has probably since they won that national championship against USC. We've kind of been like, okay, is this their peak? Is this Texas being quote-unquote back, whatever that means? And a lot of people thought when they saw that high ranking, when they saw Texas way up in the board, they are like, oh, Texas is back. We're back to being nationally relevant. And it's like, yeah, no, no, you're not. It's like, and I think that's part of the section from kind of the polls and seeing records and seeing, oh, power five, oh, power five, you're, you know, you're good. But then it's also effective. I still don't trust Tom Hermit as a head coach. Like, I understand, you know, you wanted to, and let's just be frank, you wanted to get rid of the black guy so you can bring in, the, you know, the white guy that's losing his life. And it's like, what, I guess the win, you know, he has a couple wins, he got the team to a top 10 ranking, but I mean, what does the top 10 ranking mean, especially this year, knowing that Kentucky is ranked in the top 15 in football? Like, and we all know Kentucky is not a football powerhouse. So it's like, we can only take these rankings with a certain amount of grain of salt, knowing that like how college football specifically this year outside of, you know, your traditional mainstays, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU. Like, after that, it's kind of just goes darts at a board. And Texas had their kind of shine after beating Oklahoma. They were on this high, and now they're falling back down to earth. And now we're left with, okay, 
this is the real Texas. Okay, now Tom Herman, you got this job. Kind of, you know, and it gives you a little bit of leeway, but how how long does that stick in terms of okay, now it's time to really question what is going on. And speaking of long sticks, switching over to the NFL, what's going on in Dallas? Like somebody like I said in my, you know, preseason prediction, Dallas needs a number one wide receiver. You need a wide receiver. Can't just be Ezekiel Elliott. And yes, Ezekiel Elliott played, you know, decently well, but Dak can't do it just with him and Zeke. Like I understand you have some wide receivers here or there that's you know, some good number two, number three options. They brought in Amari Cooper, which I'm still trying to figure out how you give a number one over trade away number one overall pick for a wide receiver that's not that good. If we're just gonna be honest. And again, it goes back to my whole thing about just the Dallas in general. It's when you have Jerry Jones as general manager and owner, knowing that he's in charge of evaluating the players and then also signing and drifting the players, it's an excellent way to happen, as Stephen A. Smith said. If when you get to a point where everyone is, when you have former players telling you, hey, it's time to shake things up in the house, and not just four, like, four players from your glory year say, hey, like, what's happening right now can be avoided if you just, you know, change ways of working and operating this franchise, Jerry Jones. Like, that's the grace of red flag. Because we know Jason Garrett's not going to say anything because you handpicked him. We know that the players aren't going to say anything because, as you've proven... You can just trade them away willy-nilly and bring in players, and it doesn't matter what happens on the field because you're just going to sit up in your office and complain and whine and drink your whiskey and scotch, and it's going to be 8-8, eight and 7-9. Eight, and nine. You may get a blip, 9-7, but, like, I don't know why so many people are surprised about what's happening in Dallas to the point where we try to tell y'all like, this team offensively can't be just two players. And they're still, with, even with Amari Cooper, they're still two players. And we saw Monday night. This is still a two-player offense. Offensive line isn't as good as it's been in recent years, which is contributing to Ezekiel Elliott not having as much um, success on the ground. Oh, head coaching. Because it's Monday night. He's not touching the ball in the second half. Like, like there's just certain small things that kind of add up. And then when Jerry Jones gives his, you know, vote of confidence, oh, we're signing Dak Prescott to an extension. Oh, Jason Garrett's safe. It's like, dude, do you want to win a Super Bowl? Or do you just want to be hamster on the wheel mediocre for the next five years? In this season, the NFC East is winnable. Philadelphia stinks. Washington stinks. And I'm, we're getting ready to go to the other team in the NFC East. Like, this, 
this was ripening for you to take this division, and you're basically self-sabotaging yourself and your success. So it's like, this is on Jerry 100%. Like, if you want to get better, you need to get out of your own way, which we all know that's not going to happen, which is unfortunate because he needs to. Mm-hmm. Continuing on with that other team in the NFC East, like the Giants just need to fire everybody. Like manager, general manager, owner, bench Eli, you know, get rid of the custodian, get rid of the backup quarterback who gets arrested. Basically, basically gets arrested and is like, eh, I'll come back to work and nothing's going to happen. It's like, I. I'm trying to struggle and try to figure out where I've seen a more incompetent NFL franchise than, than what's happening in New York right now. And I'm including the team I'm getting ready to get to in the AFC that we all know and love around, especially in the state of Ohio. Like, I don't think it's ever been that bad up there than it is right now in New York. And... It's a shame because a lot of people are still saying, oh, this is why you should have drafted a quarterback. This is why you shouldn't have gotten Saquon Barkley. If the Giants didn't have Saquon Barkley, this team would be long ways worse than one. Uh, even with a 1-7 and seven record right now, like they would not have a win if they didn't have Saquon Barkley because he has, for many games, been their offense. And, yes, Odell wants more touches. He wants the ball. But look at your quarterback. He's a, first of all, he's a Manning. So he's not mobile. Second of all, he's pushing up there in age, which means durability. He ain't as quick as he used to be. And, you know, yes, he has the arm somewhat, I think. But, yeah, there needs to be an organization overhaul in New York as well. I don't know if it's bringing in another quarterback, a young, any quarterback at this point actually would be better. But getting a younger quarterback, I mean, some people were joking around saying, hey, Sam Bradford is, is out here selling, and he just got weighed by Arizona, bring him to New York. And I mean, honestly, Sam Bradford might be a good fit for the New York Giants. Because it, Yes, he's incompetent, but, I mean, at this point, you are paying incompetent at the quarterback position. And Sam Bradford's younger. So I would rather have young and incompetent rather than old and incompetent because at least with young and incompetent, you can say, hey, it's a short-term gap rather than, you know, trying to keep Eli Manning here within this organization, you're like, Oh, you know, he won us a couple Super Bowl. So, you know, he's grandfathered in. He can retire when he wants. It's like, come on, man. Like, that's just not... It's just not working out well. Heading another the NFC West, if you're not LA. And Seattle's decent. I mean, you know, they're 500, but... They're kind of taking a step back. Arizona, again, they waived Sam Bradford, which tells you everything you need to know about the state of affairs in Arizona. That team was just 
to act to begin with that coming into this season. It's like, yeah, just horrible. And then San Francisco, which once they lost Jimmy G, it was a complete train wreck. A couple teams that are losers in the AFC. I mean, the obvious, obvious one is Oakland because this is what happens when you give someone 10 years, $100 million, and you're basically saying you can do whatever you want because you have all this money coming your way. You get rid of your best defensive player. You get rid of arguably your best offensive option, whatever that means. The quarterback is obviously regressed, and I don't know if that's more of just Derek Carr not being what he showed kind of early on. I don't know if it's injury. I don't know if it's between the ears. I don't know if it's the fact that his last name is Carr and his brothers, you know, kind of speaking to his ear and kind of saying, hey, this is the life of a Carr quarterback. But what's happening in Oakland is horrible. And guess you got all these draft picks, but like, what what's a draft pick going to do? When we've seen, especially this past year, draft like draft picks aren't guaranteed to be these all role players. I guess you can draft someone with the hope, but if you draft wrong, that's going to put set your team back at least a good three or four years, or however long you sign for his rookie deal. Unless you, you know, trade him away, but you're not going to trade away a struggling rookie or second year player because everyone in the league is going to be like, hey, you drafted this guy. This guy is supposed to be the tall world player, and he's not. So that's it's in Oakland, and I fear that it's going to get worse for John Gooden. But this was the hand that he played himself, and so he, he's the only one that can live with these consequences. True, true. He, he's kind of a little bit out of date. I mean, I'll give him two more seasons. I think he probably went back into it and then realized it's been 10 years and, you know, the players change and you have to adapt. And I always tell people with coaching, you got to adapt with the players. It's like a an organization, like running a business. You got to adapt to the market. And if you don't, you're going to probably have some failing results. Uh, Dave, you only got a few more minutes, so you're going to have to wrap this up here. All right, couple couple more teams. Obviously, the situation in Cleveland, we can do an entire show on just what's happening in Cleveland, but the Browns thing, everyone wanted Baker Mayfield, even though Hugh Jackson said, hey, Ty, you know, Terod Taylor is going to be our quarterback. We're going to work him in. Everyone was like, no, no, no. You got to bring in Baker Mayfield. Bring in Baker Mayfield. He looks like crap. And everyone's like, oh my God, the Cleveland Browns are playing like crap. It's like, we try to tell you. And then and then you fire Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley because the offense is a compliment. So it's like, Cleveland's just being Cleveland in many respects. And then the last loser is the Buffalo Bills because, again, we tried to tell you all offseason, leading up to the draft, why are you getting rid first of all, why get rid to Rod Taylor? He took you to the playoff. Two, Nathan Bleep and Peterman has a job. And all I'm going to say is, and I know you, you know, throwback nostalgia. Nathan Peterman has a job and Tim Tebow doesn't. Like, that's all you need to say about the Buffalo Bills. Well, Tim Tebow, <laughs> let's face it. Let's get, let's get off that train, David. I mean, I, I mean, Nathan Peterman isn't the best quarterback. You can also say Colin Kaepernick's not in the league either. But Oh, 
Uh, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah. The audience is Colin Kaepernick because he's looking at this like, really, really Buffalo. Right. Like, granted, Colin Kaepernick wouldn't want to go to Buffalo because, like, I think that would just be an accident waiting to happen for him. But, I mean, he would play a similar style to Rod Taylor. And it's like, the Toronto Taylor can get you, get you to the playoffs and Colin Kaepernick was close to winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's right there. But, yeah, the situation in Buffalo is just bad. And, they, they drafted Josh Allen thinking he was going to be the next straight quarterback. And we consistently said in all of the mock drafts, dude was an honorable mention at his position in his conference. Like, he wasn't even first team all conference. He threw for less than 2,000 yards in college. Like, do you know how hard it is to throw for less than 2,000 yards in a pass at the offense in college? In a non-Power 5 school, like, that takes effort, man. And so, yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo is just bad. And then one winner, all the way and football is back. I'm like Alabama. You miss me when I'm gone out of the top ranking, but once I claim my spot, I'm here to stay. And so that's it for this week's edition of Winner and Losers. Mm, wow, a long one here is the we got it going on here as we, we get that for you here. David, been away for a while and gives you that long winners and losers. Our next segment coming up is I think was it the pay to play for college basketball or you wanted to talk about Kareem Hunt, a former running back here at the University of Toledo. Yeah, we'll talk about Kareem Hunt for a little bit just because it seems like everyone now knows the spec story about Kareem Hunt and was with him for the beginning. And I'm like, pump the brake. Mm-hmm. Do you know where he grew up? Oh, okay, let's, let's we'll come back and talk about that in a real quick segment, and then we'll get into your uh, your uh, college basketball uh, a little thing here. But once again, you're listening to 88.3 WHUTs. After further review, you can always check us out on SoundCloud and also on iTunes. Make sure you go on there after further review on iTunes. Make sure you rate us. Give us a rating so you can get more uh, fans to listen to us. And they always update it. If you subscribe, they'll let you know when we put a new segment on. I believe we're up to almost 180 segments. I mean, that's a lot of segments here on After Further Review. And when we return, we got David the Man of God, David the Man of God Harris, off from a hiatus. Here on 88.3 WHDs After Further Review. Jacob Bethany. 